Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And welcome to Tennis Channel Live, presented by Fidelity Investments. Coming up on the show, the hottest or second hottest player in tennis, on a name you might not, may not know, Rude Red Hot, plus Rafael Nadal coming to the City Open in D.C. for the first time. We'll talk to the man who organizes that tournament, and we'll check in on Coco Goff and see how she's spending some of her time as she recovers from COVID. Welcome in. To our studio here in Santa Monica, Rob Simulcare, along with Tracy Austin, Kamal Murray, who just called that match. Good to see you guys again. And we've uh, got three Americans now through to the quarterfinals in Atlanta. One more to go. We'll have one more at least with Isner and Sock tomorrow. But you just called that match with uh, Riley Opelka getting through. What were your reactions to Opelka's performance there? You know, I was impressed with the variety that Opelka showed. I mean, he showed the ability to serve and volley, return deep through the middle when he needed to. Um, and I was impressed. You know, he's, we, he continues to improve his ability to win uh, points from the ground. And, you know, Bruno Frantangelo, to his credit, played very well. Just one little hiccup in the first set where he gave back the break. But other than that, he played Riley all the way to the end. And, you know, he'll, he'll sort of have a little nightmare tonight about a win, a potential win that could have, um, you know, started off this summer. But he'll, he'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frantangelo, I think he's going to be disappointed that he had this loss. But he should overall, when he has time to look back, you know, a couple of wins in the qualifying, got a win in the main draw as well. His ranking will go up a bit. He's looking to get that ranking right around 100 so that he can start to get straight into the Grand Slam. He's 190 right now. And the way that he played this week, if he continues to play that way, I think he will. Riley just had too much firepower tonight. Well, one of the three Americans who's already gotten through to the quarterfinals in Atlanta, Taylor Fritz. And Fritz has had some success in this tournament before. Two years ago, the last time he, they played it here, he was runner-up to Alex Diminor, and Fritz was in action today against fellow American Stevie Johnson. Yeah, and this is the third meeting of these two Americans in about five or six weeks, and Stevie Johnson was on the losing end of both of those, so what a great start for Johnson in the far court. Nice forehand to get that first set in the tiebreak, and in the second set, it was no breaks of serve, none in the first set until that tiebreak win by Fritz and then it was Fritz in the 10th game that finally got the break in the second set. In the third set it was very strange because Stevie Johnson's service miles per hour about 122 average until the third set and then it dipped down to about 107 and you can see that Taylor Fritz was just clocking his returns, clocking his passing shots and it was pretty one-way traffic in that third set. So Taylor Fritz through to the quarterfinals. And Kamal, you know, he's been solid in this tournament. He's been solid in Atlanta. He's got to be feeling good as he heads to another quarterfinal. Yeah, he is. And you wonder what's going on, what happened to Stevie Johnson that third set. I mean, he won the first set in the breaker, just one set in the second, just one break of serve in the second set. 
And all of a sudden, in Thursday, he just seemed to go away. So I don't know if it's trouble with his shoulder or fatigue. It was 103 uh, degrees on the court there. So you wonder what's going on with Stevie Johnson. And, you know, hopefully he'll get it worked out for the next week. Tracy, Stevie's probably tired of seeing Taylor Fritz yeah. and beat him at Wimbledon. <laughs> just beat him at Cabo not long ago. So probably he could take a little break from Taylor Yeah, Fritz. don't want to see Fritz near my name if you're Stevie Johnson. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Stevie, I thought, played well this tournament. He had a good first round. And for Taylor Fritz, just coming off a slight knee surgery, but no surgery is ever just slight, right, after, right after the French Open. So good to see him playing so well. Well, staying in Atlanta, and we'll see uh, an Aussie through the quarterfinals as well as we take a look at Jordan Thompson. He faced off against qualifier Peter Goyovchik, and it looked good from Thompson pretty much all the way through. Yeah, you know, Thompson played great, was saving a lot of great points in the first set there, got all the way to the tiebreaker, was able to take the first set. You know, it's interesting, both guys kind of played the same sort of game plan on the forehand side. Forehands were significantly slower a lot less aggressive than on the backhand side. Jordan Thompson just barely squeaked out the first set. And then the second set, a lot more of the same, where he was able to just, you know, still stay consistent with the forehand, just sort of push, wait for the error. And then, you know, it's really just, um, you know, one-way traffic there. Jordan Thompson, the Aussie, you know, plays well on hard courts, although this surface is slightly different than the rebound ace uh, surface they play on Australian Open. But, you know, feeling at home here and playing well, and gets a pretty routine win over a good opponent uh, here to make it to the third round. So Thompson threw in fairly routine fashion. And then, Tracy, this, to me, the match of the day, Brandon Nakashima against the number one seed, Milo's Raonic. Yeah, we knew this was going to be very intriguing because Raonic in the near court hasn't played since Miami about three and a half months uh, because of a calf injury. He started out quickly, got the 4-2 lead. But then he double faulted four times in a row to basically break himself. But he was able to get through in that first set, really struggling with his serve. It was inconsistent. He had tons of aces, like 26 aces, but a, 10 double faults also. So his toss was very sporadic. In the third set, it was Nakashima who got the opening in the first game. He got the break. He had two match points at 5-4 serving Nakashima. Wasn't able to get across the finish line. But, boy, did he play well in the tiebreak. He is so good under pressure. He's able to raise the level of his game. And you know what, Kamau? We even saw a smile from Brandon Nakashima after he won. And uh, you know, he's so even-keeled. His disposition is so good. His game is becoming so complete. It was really, uh, even though Milos Raonic did not play his best, he was very sloppy, uh, didn't move well, looked sluggish, kind of rusty from so much time off. It was a great win for Nakashima. And, you know, what was most impressive come out of me was, as Tracy mentioned, two match points there. And he loses them both on his serve, manages to compose himself, come back, hold again to get into the tiebreaker, and then does a really solid job in that tiebreak in the third set. You know, I think his composure is going to be one of the things that makes him a great player and eventually gets him into the top 25. Um, you know, we, at times we always ask for players to be more emotional, right, and to be a little more outward with their feelings. But I think Brandon, if you look at his performance last night, where he almost let the match slip away but didn't sort of lose his composure, made it through that match, and then gets uh, a win over the best, the best one of his career today, I think his composure is just really showing a lot of maturity. You know, a lot of guys, when they blow two match points against a former, you know, Wimbledon finalist, they don't come back from that. You know, they're still stuck sort of in what just happened. But Brandon showed a lot of resiliency today, and I'm proud to see him doing it. I just want to see that my, I want to see that fist pump. I want to see that smile like I saw last summer. 
Yeah, and there are very few players that come along at this young of an age that actually have that composure. Usually that's the last piece of the puzzle for a lot of champions to be able to manage adversity, to be able to manage something going wrong and, and put that in, in the back burner in the rearview mirror. But Nakashima seems to have that naturally, and that is such an asset to have. Now he's starting to build the big weapons, so he's really becoming just an all-court player, and it's very impressive. And, guys, the match we just saw, Riley Opelka playing against the qualifier in Bjorn Fertangelo, who had to play a lot of tennis just to get into this match. But he really uh, acquitted himself pretty well, especially on his serve. Yeah, you know, this is Bjorn's uh, fourth match in five days. And, you know, that in, in the Atlanta heat, that sort of can take a toll on you. And Riley, I thought, played a really smart match. He kind of got loose in the first set. He had the band playing the music in the background, <laughs> caused a big distraction, talked about how he couldn't hear the ball. And for a person like Riley, who needs to hear and see the ball as early as possible to really maximize his ability to move. Um, I thought he held it together in the first set. And then just really, you know, strategically just wait until he got to a tiebreaker to sort of to take control of the match. And so I, I thought it was a great performance from Riley and a good job by Bjorn to hang as tough as he could, as long as he could, with the best American player right now. Yeah, it's interesting because you're trying to find that right balance. And Bjorn came in with the match play under his belt. And the match wins three this week. He's used to the conditions, used to the heat, but maybe a little more fatigued because he played so many matches. Whereas Riley Opelka hasn't played a match since Wimbledon, so 30 days. And you, you know, you know coaching. It's always tough. It doesn't matter how good, how many matches you've played. That first match of a tournament, you have a little bit more nerves. So I think Riley Opelka did, did an excellent job. He did a great job overcoming the, the music outside, the opponent, the whole nine yards. Hadn't seen that issue come up before, but he kept his composure. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back here on Tennis Channel Live, we'll talk about Rafael Nadal making his first trip to D.C. We'll talk to the man who organized that tournament when we come back on TC Live. Welcome back inside TC Live. We'll look at our nation's capital, and it won't be too far from there that the City Open will return to the tennis schedule next Monday. This event was canceled last year, of course, due to the pandemic. Very excited to bring it to you. Our coverage starts at 2 p.m. Eastern time next Monday from Rock Creek Park in the nation's capital, and we're very excited to see this event return. Joining us to talk about the return of the City Open and everything it means for tennis is the chairman of the City Open, Mark Ein. Mark, thanks so much for joining us, and congratulations on returning this event to the calendar. Yeah, thanks so much. We're all excited, everyone on our team, and really everyone in Washington is excited to have tennis back. You know, this event's been in our city for 52 years. Last year was the first year it hasn't happened in that time period, and you can already feel the excitement building. People are really excited to have the best players in the world in our community. What does it mean, you think, to, to tennis fans in Washington, to everybody in that community to have this event back after a year off? I know it was tough. So many people around the world of sports experienced what you did last year. But what does it mean to have it back? Yeah, you know, it, this is, a, I mean, it, I was a ball kid at the event when I was a kid. So I'm just an example of really millions of families in our community who this is a part of their summer tradition, part of generations of Washingtonians. It's a rite of passage. And uh, I know people missed it a lot last year. And, um, you know, ever since last year's got canceled, people have been reaching out to us saying they hope it would be back this summer and they're thrilled about it. This event has a great history. It's been around since 1969. You've had some of the greatest names in the history of American tennis. Arthur Ashe, Jimmy Connors, Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick have all won this tournament. 
But big news this year, Rafael Nadal making his first ever appearance at the City Open. How big a deal is that? Yeah, it is indescribable. I mean, the level of interest in this event is unprecedented in our five decades of this tournament. Um, but again, the whole town is buzzing. Our community's buzzing. Tickets have been sold out the minute they went on sale. The extra that we could put on sale went on sale. Um, and we, ha we have a waiting list of 15,000 people who want to come. So I think that's indicative of the amount of interest there is in seeing this great icon of our game in Washington for the first time. I'm always curious. T take us behind the scenes of, of the conversations that, that took place to get Nadal to commit to playing in Washington for the first time. I mean, he's been, he's been around for a while. So to take on a new tournament at this point in his career, not a small feat. How did you guys make it happen? Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Yeah, you know, we took over the event in 2019, and one of our top goals was to make this an event that the top players would want to come to. Obviously, Washington itself is a great city, and August in Washington is when it's one of the most popular tourist destinations in the world. So we should be a place that top players want to come, but we've invested a huge amount in making this a world-class experience for players. I think that helped lay the groundwork. And then, you know, to his credit, is he was looking at how he could best prepare for a record-setting 21st Grand Slam, he looked at the schedule and decided that Washington was the best place to get started. Obviously, when we got the call, we were overwhelmingly, we were just overwhelmed by the prospect of it. And we're, we're thrilled to welcome him. It's going to be a really special week for all of us, and I hope for him too. All right. Well, we're, we are thrilled as well to bring the city open to tennis fans everywhere on the Tennis Channel starting next Monday. Mark Ein, thanks so much. Congratulations, and uh, good luck with the event. Thanks. Thanks for your guys' partnership. Coming up, we'll check in on the clay. Casper Root on fire going for his third straight win when we come back on TC Live. And welcome back to TC Live. We check in now on the ATB event, event going on in Austria and Roberto Augusta. Agut, Matisse Agut, taking on Pedro Martinez here. And Martinez trying to follow up on a, a big career win he had at Wimbledon early this year. Yeah, Martinez was red hot in the first set, playing his fellow countrymen. <laughs> and then after the first set, he got cooled off <laughs> with the He got cooled off. I get that, Kamau. Tracy, you ever had a shower after a good first set win? I haven't. Uh, and he, he literally <laughs> got cooled off and ended up losing the second set here to Batista Agut. Um, you know, both, both players in there playing in their hometown. And, you know, it's just... Couldn't get it together in the second set. But in the third set, you know, Martinez would, would kind of figure it out there. End up with a four-year-love lead to, hold, to, to break for the match. And he would do so with a big forehand up the line here. So a good win here in both the players' hometown. And you got to think that that shower had a little bit of impact <laughs> on that second set result there. Tracy, have you, have you ever seen that before? A, a guy just trying to hang out, rest up for the next set, and all of a sudden, well, I've bang. Seen, I've seen the sprinklers come on, and they don't seem to have a control 
on that. But you're telling me that it was the guy with the hose? Oh, yeah. Well, you could tell both players playing in their <laughs> hometown. And clearly, Batista Goop was a favorite because they wanted to cool down Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> he did not look amused, but he was not happy. If it was hot there, that would have felt good. Yeah, but no, not quite. no. no. He was red hot. He wanted to stay red hot. He didn't want to shower. <laughs> well, he won the match, so he can joke about it now. If he had yes. lost, I don't think he'd be laughing about it. But but we can laugh about it, so that's a good thing. Meanwhile, also in Austria, you know, interesting stuff. What's going on with Casper Ruud right now? Trying to win three straight tournaments. Something not many people have done. Here you see him winning in Sweden. That was July 18th. Stad over Federico Coria. And then let's go to Gestad over Hugo Gaston. Gestad is a beautiful, beautiful city to play in. It's absolutely gorgeous. So two in a row. So Casper Ruud, talk about red hot. Casper Ruud is red hot on a nine-match winning streak. He is in the forecourt. He is so physically, loves to play on play. He's a terrific grinder, but he can also hit through the defenses of his opponent. Hits this ball on the rise. A massive forehand, tremendous firepower. So fit, so it's really tough to win points against him. And Casper Ruud just gets so many balls back in play, but it was... His opponent, Martinez, who did much better job in the second set of stepping up, getting a little closer to the baseline. But it was Casper Ruud who had all of the answers. When you win so many matches in a row, you just figure it out. Those big points usually go your way. Great job. And you know, Tracy, it's not often that you see players win and then win again, right? And Casper Ruud is trying to do it for the third time here. So really impressive. And I also thought what's impressive is for a player to sort of know themselves. Right, and to build their ranking on their best surface, which is clay. And you see here, Kamal, what Casper Ruud's trying to do, trying to become the first player since 2011 to win three straight titles in three weeks. As you've said, you know, you're playing deep into that tournament. You've got to turn around, get somewhere else. And Casper Ruud clearly feeling very comfortable on the red clay right now. And, you know, arguably the second hottest player in all of tennis behind a guy named Novak Djokovic. Yeah, and I think people underestimate, yes, we talk about winning three weeks in a row and how tough physically that is, especially on clay. But how about emotionally? You win a title, and it's a Sunday, and then you've got to get to the next tournament the next day. Well, oftentimes you'll see players will have a letdown. But to keep winning like that, obviously you're building confidence, but uh, a lot of emotional energy is taken out of you as well. Good job. Yeah, you know, I always thought that after you win a tournament, it's best to go right away to the site to get all the congratulations out of the way, you know, get beyond that, and then sort of reset mentally to get back in the fighting spirit. And Casper is definitely, you know, whatever he's doing to sort of reset between tournaments is working. And, you know, maybe we should all sort of ask him what the secret is because it hasn't been done that often. All right, guys, well, let's check in on what's going on on social media as we do every night here on TC Live. And First of all, a look at Coco Goff, who uh, we know is obviously spending some time recovering. She had to pull out of the Olympics because of her COVID-19 positive test. And she apparently is into cosplay, which is big now with the kids. Not sure, Tracy, how, how into cosplay you are. But this I'm is where sure. you, you sort of you dress this up. is. <laughs> you dress up like a, a character. She's apparently an avatar fan. And so she's asking for uh, the Katara. That's, a, that's a, a character from Avatar, in case you, you don't know that one. Um, she's asking folks what, what she should dress up as. You know, it's interesting. I, I looked at the, the Twitter responses. People love this. They were in love with the fact that she is into cosplay. Well, I mean, it's probably very disappointing with her having to miss the Olympics. So whatever makes you feel good, helps your mind reset and get back in the swing of things, you know, I'm all for it. And be a teenager. She looks like she's having fun. She looks beautiful. Great.
excellent. Because that, that would be a real disappointment to, to miss the Olympics when she was so excited to play. Meanwhile, we talked about Rafael Nadal. He'll be headed to D.C. to play the City Open. And he's getting ready, getting some practice into the hard courts at his academy in Mallorca. Looking good, and that's a, that's a, a good-looking facility he's got there in Mallorca, getting some swings in as he gets ready to make the trip across the pond for the hardcourt swing headed up to the U.S. Open. Yeah, hitting with Carlos Moya. Moya also grew up in Mallorca. I mean, what's the, the luck of that? So his coach right in his hometown as well and can keep up with Rafa, at least if he keeps on one side. and be very steady, and we're so excited that Rafa is coming to the City Open. Well, yeah, he's going to need a minivan as soon as he lands for all that money he's getting. So, you know, <laughs> so you know, D.C. is waiting on him, and he can't wait to get there. All right, so Nadal gearing up, ready to go on those hard courts. We'll take a break in a minute. Before we do, here's a look at what's coming up tomorrow on Tennis Channel Live and TC+. Plus. We start early in Kitzbühel, 5 a.m. Eastern time on the red clay over there. Then we head to Atlanta. Day session starting at 1.30 and then the night session at 7 as we get ready to move to the quarterfinals in Atlanta. When we come back, more from Santa Monica. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back to TC Live presented by Fidelity. And then there were two, two Americans left in the tennis tournament at the Tokyo Olympics. The doubles team of tennis Sandgren and Austin Krychek will take on a team from Croatia. And that is it. Everybody else out of that tournament right now. So tennis and Austin trying to keep the stars and stripes waving. And tennis Sandgren, of course, is featured in season five of My Tennis Life. He's been chronicling his time in Tokyo over there as that show continues. And, uh, Sandgren having a good time over there, a great experience, obviously, for a young player to uh, get to represent his country at the Olympics. He's doing it well, still in the tournament. This is the semifinals of the men's doubles. So they got a, a real shot and a medal here, uh, do Sandgren and Krychek. Absolutely. Within touching distance of a medal, even if they lose in the semis, they would have a chance to, to get a bronze. So this is very exciting. This is my tennis life, which is so much fun, along with Ilya Tomjanovic, the fifth season of my tennis life. Just Give us the inside scoop behind the scenes of what's going on in the tennis world. New episodes coming every Friday on My Tennis Life. You can catch it on TennisChannel.com, all of our social media channels as well. And he's got a chance to walk around the venues, show us what the gym looks like. Looks like a good time. Yeah, this is a perfect thing for Tennis Angry. He's not the kind of player that would view the cameras and sort of this show as a distraction to his tennis. I think he actually feeds off of this. And he's one of the most personable and biggest personalities if you think about the American man. So I actually enjoy being around Tennis Sanger and his honesty uh, and his bluntness. And so I'm looking forward to this week's episode. All right, let's take a look at what's coming up tomorrow as we head back to Atlanta, the order of play presented by Cadillac. And there you see Yannick Sinner 
will be making his debut after a bye in the first round. Cameron Norrie also making his first appearance on the hard court of Atlanta. And then, of course, the matchup of Americans, Isner and Sock. Tracy, which match do you want to watch here? I am going to go with Isner and Sock because I have not seen Jack Sock play a full match in a long time. He's ranked just outside the top 200, and that's not where he should be. Uh, let's see how he plays against Isner. He, they haven't played since 2016. Isner's 5-3 head-to-head. Let's see how it goes. Come out. what are you looking at here? I'm going with the late show. I'm going with Cameron Norrie and Nick Kyrgios. I think Nick Kyrgios uh, played well yesterday, showed a lot of mental fortitude in the way he handled some of the distractions. And Cameron Norrie played well last week. So I think I'd love to see Nick, you know, sort of accept the challenge of a person that's playing well, having won last week, and sort of mentally keep it together in a city and environment that he clearly likes, which is Atlanta. Nick at night, always a good time. And so we'll be looking for that tomorrow from Atlanta. As we say goodbye here from Tennis Channel Live, again, a full day of tennis coming at you starting at 5 a.m. from Kitzbühel and then Atlanta after that. So we will see you then. Enjoy your night.